We are six women. We are wordsmiths. We are magic. We are curious. We are contradictions. We are wanderers. We are people of many names. We are mind trekkers and story weavers. We are adventurous spirits. We continue to grow. We've been baptized in the font of dream and memory. We are partly truth and partly fiction. I am Gail. I am Joanne. I am Margie. I am Katie. I am Marion. I am Mary. We are the Mystic Order of East Alabama Fiction Writers. Welcome to the Mystic Podcast. I'm Mystic Margie, and I'll be your moderator today. And let me let the other two mystics that are here today introduce themselves. Where are the other mystics? Well, they have a variety of excuses. Are they signed? <laughs> yes, they were signed and approved by our queen. <laughs> I don't know. I did not approve a single one of those excuses, but I'm glad to have my two of my sisters here anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm the queen. And I'm Joanne. I'm the Defender Mystic. And, you know, you never bring an excuse until you come back to class the next day. So next yeah, time we see them. I've never seen an excuse from the Mystics in all these, <laughs> what, 25 years? Oh, we have plenty of excuses, Gail. You just don't accept them. <laughs> I just do want to tell this one thing on Joanne. Oh. We're going to have a picture shoot on Friday, so you will be seeing our brand new beautiful faces on our podcast logo, I guess. And... Um, so we're going to go out to Waverly, Alabama, which is in the country, so I suggested we all dress country. Well, Joanne doesn't read her emails, obviously. <laughs> she was half an hour late today. She told me yesterday she'd show up today to dress country and for Loretta Lynn to look out. <laughs> was that it? That's right. <laughs> Step and back, Loretta. I was looking for Joanne to dr- dress, dress country, country today. today. <laughs> I finally figured it all out. It's just, it's been a very, it's been a mystical, hectic week. Uh, a hectic week. A hectic week. Well, as usual in our podcast, we go over a couple of things, including the week that was mystic and our Opus Corner and uh, a few things. Uh, then we will have our topic for the day, which is my favorite or least favorite relative. That was my topic of choice. But to begin a week that was mystic, Gail? Oh, well, I did have a really wonderful mystic week. My boyfriend... Jordan Danford returned to Auburn. I haven't seen him since he graduated. I'm 55 years older than my boyfriend, (laughs) so my husband approves of him. But you you hardly can tell, Gail. You can hardly tell. Thank you, Joanne. We don't care if you're late or not, girl. (laughs) i got to make up. Ingratiate yourself. (laughs) That's right. So, anyway, this was weird. I met Jordan at a poetry reading where he read a poem called Math for Smart People, and it was an incredible poem. And I didn't know him, but I went over and talked to him because I so liked his poem, and the next thing I know, we're having coffee together, and then we're dating. So he came this past weekend, and as it happened, Opelika City Library was having, in, in appreciation of Poetry Month, a poetry reading and a spoken word reading. So we went to that, and, and we read. And I want to shout out to a couple of people. First of all, my dear friend Jackie Jones and her friend Richard, who were co-hosts, and they did a fabulous job. But also, two of the readers just were beyond fabulous. They were all good, honestly. I'm not just saying that. They were all good. But Zion and Pariah were my top favorites. Don't you love their names? Oh, yeah. Just for their names. And my sister mystic, Joanne, showed up. And it was freezing cold in there, wasn't it, Joanne? Yes, it was very cold. So I did have a, some mystic help, too. I think she showed up to see Jordan and try to steal him away from me, but it well, didn't happen. Well, I did, but uh, she, he only has eyes for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite. <laughs> That's true. That's quite. <laughs> Although his um, friend that came with him, I think he was taken aback by us. <laughs> he looked a little dazed most of the time, like, what what rabbit hole have I fallen down? <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't think he was expected, expecting old, cool women. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I had a I had a fabulous Mystic Week, and I had a trunk show in Athens, Georgia, at the home of a woman named Gwen O'Looney, who has a fabulous home in Athens. She used to be the mayor of Athens, so she's quite connected. And how many uh, trunks did you sell? I sold maybe one trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I took a van load of clothing, which was really insane. But um, a lot of people showed up, and they tried on clothes and bought the clothes. And she has a big porch so there were clothes on the porch clothes inside her victorian house and it was just a really really good day and uh, my friend for, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Uh, for for people who have uh haven't heard so far margie of course is our artist and she's a marvelous artist and there's a company in canada that is taking her art and making it into clothes Yes, and so I have all kinds of clothes. If you're interested, www.margiebr.com, and you can see all of them and buy some stuff if you want. But I do have a shout-out for Gwen, who was wonderful. For my friend, old friend, Callahan McDonough, who is an old friend of Gwen's who connected us, and then also for my friend Stacy Kaufman, who I stayed with, who lives in Watkinsville, Georgia, for two nights and had a marvelous time with Stacy, kind of reconnecting, beside the fact that her cat bit me. Yes, I see you <laughs> came home injured. Yes, that that lovely cat. <laughs> what, what kind of Band-Aid do you have on that, Mark? Uh, it's got... Uh, llamas with sunglasses but my wound is almost healed and uh, I do not have good cat karma for all you cat people out there I will not be petting your cat Um, it's the second cat that's bitten me and I just am staying away you must be really tasty to cats they know they kind (laughs) of secretly know that I don't like them even though I pretend I do I hate to seem like a non-animal lover their cats just have that I used to have a cat that would pick out the person in the room that hated cats and go and sit in their lap. Or the person in the room that's allergic to cats. Either way. Does not hate them, but can't breathe. Well, they just, this one could pick out the one that hated him. And he would just go, and of course, with all the people that owned the cat around, they were just pet, like, with one finger and... (laughs) Like, okay, I'm, I'm a cat lover. Yeah, get out of here, cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you have a Mystic Week, Joanne? I did have a Mystic Week, and I wasn't going to, um, but we had Easter dinner in the pouring down rain with most of my brothers and sisters. And how many brothers and sisters is that again? Uh, well, right now, there are only 10 of us li- living, but I was one of 13 once upon a time, and so there's 11 of us living, 10 plus me, but all except one brother didn't come, but we have the second generation coming around and even a third generation, so we sat down about 48. Your house is kind of small. I mean, did you put them out in the rain? I did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You have a good porch. (laughs) Actually, what we did was we emptied the um, carport and put down a rug and put out plants and decorated oh, nice. tables with um, with tablecloths and adornments. And, uh, Did you it, have them on the porches and the garage? No, they, we fit all in the garage. We had six long tables like you get at churches and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, enough. We, we sit snug and enough chairs for everyone to be able to sit down. Did you do the cooking? Well, we all contribute. I did the the ham. Another brother-in-law did fried turkey, and um, everybody brings a side. And one of my mystic bites will be the cake that my sister-in-law brought. Oh, mm, yum. Yeah. Did you bring us samples? I did not because we devoured it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that this was a past week, but I wanted to say Joanne and her husband have been traveling in their little RV. Yes. And we thought she was going to be away more, and she they took one trip to Nashville and then down the trace was that yeah it? we came down the trace and um she came back and said we're not going to be traveling as much why was that Joanne because just coming going up to Nashville and coming down the trace to we came down as far a little far south of Jackson we had done the south before and it was five hundred dollars in gas yeah <laughs> yeah yep. the mystic opus corner I think Joanne you might have something to write yeah about. I have been reading a book and I've been reading it in bits and pieces. It's not one of those kinds of books that you read all at once. It's called Writers Unwalking. What? Writers 
on walking and it's little essays perfect for this one (laughs) exactly exactly but it is it is a book of that of different essays or different short stories that writers who walk have i mean thoreau is an obvious one thoreau and stephen king he's a great walker yeah somebody ran over him in their car they tried to yeah they didn't mean to i don't think (laughs) but anyway a lot of them do it to either clear their head or just to think and work through stories. And that's an interesting idea. I do a lot. I don't do as much walking as Margie. I don't think anybody does. Um, <laughs> no, no one on this I'm earth. I'm a wanderer. Nobody l- on this earth, and I challenge you out there, audience, to find Seriously? somebody that walks more than Margie. How many hours a day do you walk, Margie? Probably two. Yes, and Every she day. walks miles. Yeah, Every day. Yes. Oh, yeah. Every I don't day. take Sundays off. <laughs> that's my day of I, spiritual I, rest. <laughs> that's right. I can't come to your neighborhood without running into Margie. I know. I come, it doesn't. I go to the grocery store. I pass Margie. <laughs> I, I go to the Wall Market. I pass Margie. I go to the post office. There's Margie. I do live across the street <laughs> from the post office. <laughs> well, I walk three days a week for probably a mile in the pool. I would like, Margie, we need to put an odometer on her. I have a sister who's over in, no, she's not yet. She'll be at the beginning of May. She'll be in Scotland, and she's doing a walkabout in Scotland, and I, she sent our itinerary because she does not have anybody else but us as far as relatives are concerned, and she is going to walk between 5 and 12 miles a day. She's going to walk through Scotland, well, which is I, lovely. I, I have nice. friends that are doing, you know, the El Camino. Um, yeah. I have friends that are doing like, the Portugal one. And then ah. also my friend Martha Lee is doing part of the walk in France. And then she's going to be, she's done the whole walk before to Santiago. And she's going to be one of the guides at one section oh, coming up for this Is this summer. Martha Lee Curry? No, Martha Lee Child. Oh. Martha Lee, Lee is actually her maiden name, but um, she was... Is uh, she from Auburn? No, she's from Noonan, but oh. she was one of my sorority sisters at Auburn. Cool. Um, well, Gail, did you have a, a recommendation for a book? No. Do you know I've started three books, and I usually, if I hate a book, I stop on... used to stop on page 100, but now I don't have that many days left on this <laughs> earth, so I stop on page 75, so I have put away three books on page 75 the last one I thought I might be interested in but it it just didn't ever get good enough I'm reading a, right now I'm reading a Ann Tyler book it's an old one per, patchwork quilt mm-hmm. and I think I've read it before I may stop at 75 if I realize I have <laughs> well I've got two recommendations the first Mary brought to each of the mystics a wonderful book that is about her mother's artwork, and it's called, it's Rena's book, but it's actually written by her husband. It's called From the Heart, the Art of Rena Williams, Warrior Queen of Quiet. Oh, and isn't that it's beautiful? beautifully written and really honors Mary's mother, Rena's wonderful w- artwork. We went to Rena's studio. Yeah. What, a couple of weeks ago? Uh-huh, and fabulous. Steve showed us all the art, and it's so much so much art and it's in order it's in it's already curated i guess oh yeah she was just a fantastic artist but was very quiet and very her art was very personal and yeah she was a writer also i went right to the i asked steve first if i could look at them he said i don't think anything in there is too private but I found references to Margie. I found references to Marion. I found a reference to Gail. Yes, all in her journals as I was... Was it good news or Oh, bad? yeah. No, it was all wonderful little talks that maybe you had or little things that you were doing that she knew of either directly or through Mary. Yeah. So You, you know what? Have... When I, I've read the introduction that Steve wrote, her husband, the thing that struck me about this, and it's true for all artists, and that is an artist needs an appreciator. Mm-hmm. And he certainly was her appreciator. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. really the one bringing her art to others now. He really, yes. Which is great. Yeah. What struck me is how really, really brilliant both of them are. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a lot of talent in that little bitty house. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of talent. <laughs> wow. That book, highly recommended. And also, we're lucky enough to have Jessica Glasscock back in Auburn 
Auburn native, grew up as a daughter of one of our really good friends, Terry Rodriguez. And Mace. He's also an artist. Mace, yes, and Mace Glasscock. Anyway, her book is called Making a Spectacle, A Fashionable History of Glasses. Ooh. And it is a beautiful book. It's filled with illustrations, and it's just, it's really lovely. And it's, I'm, I haven't read the whole book. I mean, I've been enamored by the photographs in it, but it's really, really good. And she did a talk at Auburn Oil Company Booksellers. I was just so impressed of how articulate she was, and the interviewer from Auburn Oil Company was fantastic, too. And we all got her to sign our books, and we got to see her in her little short visit back south yeah as she, she and her husband in new york yeah in new york she was a set designer for a while i think she's very talented her first book was on striptease <laughs> really yeah and this book is on glasses eyeglasses and her next book that she's almost finished with is on hair pieces wigs and hair what a common but interesting <laughs> subject well i guess because she's interested in fashion set you know yeah, all of that yeah. and theater you know i i can't remember if Margie and I have told about our experience with publishing in Hong Kong, we published. Uh, yes. <laughs> and her book was published. So in we Hong published Kong. a book in Hong Kong, and getting it through customs probably was a lot like it should have been a movie. The reason I bring it up is this book is published in Hong Kong. Yes. If you're if you're publishing a color book with you know like beautiful these, illustrations, yeah, yeah, and you don't want it to be black and white, you have to pretty much leave the country to do it. Yeah. Yes, I thought I was going to have a heart attack on several occasions. Just because they tried to put a, a pallet of books with a forklift on top of your car? That's I mean, right. what was Have that? we talked about this on the <laughs> podcast? I think we have. Yes. I think we have. But it was true. Yes. <laughs> okay, stamps of excellence. Well, I have a stamp of excellence. I'm watching a great show on uh, PBS. It's streaming, and if you want to get PBS streaming, I don't know how you would get it out of Alabama, because I'm an Alabama public TV fan. If you donate $60, then they give you PBS Passport to stream. The reason I know that exact number was I was sending APT, Alabama Public TV, $50 in a time, maybe twice or three times a year. My mystic friend Katie got PBS Passport, and I didn't. And I said, why did you get PBS Passport, and I didn't? And she said, well, I sent them $60. And I said, well, I think I sent them 100 or 150 And she goes, you have to send it all at, at one, one time. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick. So I sent them an extra 60 and I'm enjoying it. But this new Master Masterpiece Theater is amazing. I know most people out there have watched Masterpiece Theater. In fact, I love Professor T. That was uh, my top one. But this Annika is uh, happening in Glasgow, Scotland. And mm. Annika is just, they've just had a new section of their police people <laughs> that they're Scotland the, newly, the newly formed Marine Homicide Unit. Ooh. Well, I didn't read that or even listen to it when the story was uh, going on. So about three shows into this, I said, have you noticed said to my husband, have you noticed that every one of these murders happens in water? Do people only kill <laughs> Glasgow and people in the water? It's not even on the sea. <laughs> <laughs> now, Glasgow's on the sea, isn't it? Mm. Yes. No? I don't think so. I, I, we have to get out our... We have to get I out our... Think our it, I'm pretty sure it is. It's a big shipping port. Atlas to see. I've been there, but <laughs> no, maybe no, no. I didn't it see It has the to sea. be on the sea. Or well, uh, maybe it's on a river. Well... Anyway, I'm looking up my okay, map. Never well, mind. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so it stars uh, Nicola Walker, and she's in The Last Tango in Halifax. She was the daughter, not the blonde daughter, but the other one, and she's in Unforgotten. She's a great actress. And um, so I just think that we haven't gotten through all the episodes yet, but now that I know that every one of them is going to be on the water, I'm, I'm not shocked. But <laughs> <laughs> I recommend it highly as... And once you get this, you can watch all the masterpieces. You don't have to wait for them to come around again. There's a river that runs through Glasgow called the Clyde. Yeah, that's true. But it's not really on the sea. Anyway, back to... <laughs> it's a big shipping place, Margie. I'm pretty sure. Okay. 
Uh, Margie, you keep continue looking and I'll give my stamp of excellence. Well, let me just defend Margie. When we were coming up in school in the, in the buggy, horse and buggy days, they did not teach geography in school. They taught geography in school where I was, well, and yeah, I should but the know nuts better. would hit you on the hand with a ruler if you didn't That's know right. where Glasgow was. Well, you had to know where Rome was, too, but. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gail has kind of stole my my stamp of excellence because I was really taken with the Opelika poetry reading. Oh. Because, you know, we always think of Auburn as being the place, the center of the universe as far as um, education and culture is concerned. But Opelika is really coming into its own. The library over there and the librarian has really brought a lot to Opelika and the the poetry reading was one of them. My husband had cooked that evening, so I had to get home for dinner, but I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I didn't, I don't know that I heard Zion or Pariah, but everything that I heard was wonderful. And Richard, I won't get his number when he got up there and started talking about being a black man in Alabama and that line about, you know, why the the soil here was so red and so hard. I mean, it, it really brought a tear to my eye. It was really good. It, one time when he read, he sang first. Yeah, he started singing. It was kind of the, to gather everybody, and I think that's that's what he was doing. You know, and Jackie's poem was oh, she's very good. nice. Yes. You know, who am I? Yeah. And she told me it was the spoken word, and I thought, aren't all words spoken? How very Caucasian of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did look it up. After listening to him, I get it. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's slower than rap. Right. Parts of it rhyme. Yes. And usually it's on a political subject, so I quite enjoyed it. Some of it was a little too fast yeah. talking for me, but I would say on the whole it was absolutely marvelous. I hope they do it again. They are doing it, it again Saturday night, and I plan to go back. Um, they really have opened, and I guess you know the Auburn Library does the same, but that new librarian at Opelika has really come out and in, truly invited the community to come back to the library. I think it's yeah. almost a lost art. But any afternoon, I, I um, especially on my Wednesdays when I'm over in that neck of the woods. I did tell I a joke by. when I got up. I didn't you just told read. several. <laughs> she had them laughing. She had them in the aisles talking about her bad neighbors. <laughs> Well, I want to tell my joke since we're uh, <laughs> yes. since we're here. They handed out the little tickets that yes. so you get one and they keep one and then they draw the ticket and you might get a prize. And we were all talking about this at the table, what the prize might be. And mind you, we're in the library. So I got up and showed my ticket and said, my table has been discussing what we might win if you draw our number. And I think we figured it out and I'd like to share it with you. I said, if your number's drawn, you can pick any book in this library to take home. <laughs> However, you must bring Getting it back, back in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and they that all, was pretty good, Gail. And they all laughed. <laughs> they all laughed. Because <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, I saw Jackie go, wait, no. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the poem I'm reading next time, I sent to Jackie to get her approval, and it's a true story. Actually, I'm not going to tell the audience. Yeah, do not. Make it a good... They'll, they'll have to come to the Opelika Library Saturday night and, and hear me read it. And, and do come to the library. It's a lovely, it's a lovely place. Plenty of parking. Six. Plenty of parking and it's Well, a brand they're new probably building. not going to hear this before. You, dear audience, you probably won't hear this before is this it, happens. Is it every Saturday or just... Uh, just poetry... Week month, I think. Oh, okay. That's okay. the last of it this coming Saturday. Well, they may do some other stuff. Well, I do have a stamp of excellence that I thought was quite good as uh, Ken Burns uh, on PBS on Ben Franklin. Mm. Learned a lot about Ben Franklin. He was an incredible person. He wasn't a very good family man, but no, he, he was quite a bit of a rounder. Yeah, quite the thinker. I mean, I never really knew that much. You know, we knew that, you know, his electricity experiments, you know, we knew of him as a scientist and diplomat. In, invented bifocals. And, right. And poor Richard's almanac. Right. Yeah. Just really brilliant. He spent a lot of time in France. Yeah, yeah. and in England, too. I mean, and you know, it's didn't like, he, isn't he the reason Lafayette came and helped us with yeah the, yeah the I mean he's, yeah he's a big yes. part of it and then up until that 
point, wasn't Ben Franklin not particularly, maybe he was a... Um, well, he was like loyalist. A, he was because, you know, he was, um, I know his son was like the governor of New Jersey who stayed a loyalist. Ah. You know, he stayed loyal to London. I mean, he moved to London. And I, I don't think Franklin was really in favor of the revolution at first, but then he got kind of disrespected in London because, you know, it was so class oriented. And he, mm-hmm. Franklin was born in the U.S., you know. Yeah. And so anyway, I thought it was quite a good show. Oh, okay. I want to go back to reported so poorly uh, Annika's. Um, yeah, I want to watch story. that. I haven't seen that. One thing she does that it, I thought was going to put me off, but it's kind of interesting, is in this story, she does soliloquy, so she turns to the camera and, ah, and talks. Interesting. I yes. like that. I yeah, I, when she first did it, I thought, well, you know, suspensions of disbelief <laughs> on this, you know, but... I do, I do now like it. She's quite the actress. I just finished reading a book, and I wouldn't recommend it. It was pretty gory and pretty, it was like a, a dirty, you, hairy kind of book. Didn't you it, recommend it to an entire class? No. Did I do that? Oh, well, no, I didn't <laughs> recommend it. I just picked it. Okay, and everybody well read it, and it was up to them about recommendation, and most of them hated it. Um, <laughs> but That's what I meant. Every other chapter was a monologue about the the victim the guy that they whose whose murder they were trying to solve and he was talking to his father and he'd say dad and he would tell you a little bit about what happened and i thought that was an interesting element that was an interesting way to get you backstory i thought about using it in some of our writing when we write yeah when i write my eighth or ninth novel well yes <laughs> but you could write it in the one right now because a soliloquy or a monologue would fit right in yeah that's true. We're writing a book on our lives right now. We've got to hurry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Speed it up. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> well, Joanne, how about your Mystic Sea? Gail keeps st- stealing my stuff away from me. <laughs> my Mystic Sea was the Natchez Trace, and we had done the southern part of it up to a place called J- uh, Jeff Busby. It's a national forest, and also a... Actually, Jeff Busby is the man who imposed upon... I wouldn't say pose, but suggested strongly to Mississippi to let the trace go through there and was very instrumental in getting the trace built. And for for those of you who don't know, the Natchez Trace is a parkway and a true parkway because you don't have any red lights, you don't have any stop signs, you don't have any trucks and it Not is much traffic either. Right? No, none at all. Some days we would go hours without seeing another car. But it's a beautiful 55-mile-an-hour parkway in Tennessee where we started, very wooded, very beautiful. And as you come south, it's more farmland, but still very limited access. And so the driving is just pleasant. Lots of little historic stops along the way. But it follows the trace. And the trace was originally a Native American road that they followed to do commerce. And then as... The English and all of the, the folks came to the United States and started building farms and settling. They would take, farmers would take their goods or, you know, cattlemen would take their goods and float it down the Mississippi River. And then when they got down to Natchez or down to New Orleans, they would sell their goods, sell the rafts themselves for lumber, and then they would walk back or by a horse and ride back up along the trace. Since then, it has become a national site and it's protected and you can still walk the original trace in bits and pieces and we get any chance we would see original trace, we would always get off and walk it. It was just delightful and one in particular place we would stop often and that's the joy of the trace is you get to stop and see all these beautiful sites or historic sites. Uh, One of the places we stopped was called Falls Creek, and it started off as it looked like a river going across sheet sheet metal, and it was just absolutely spectacular. It wasn't more than an inch deep, but then it went to a falls, and it was rainy and kind of nasty where we were, and there were walkways that were pretty well established, but I have to get off the beaten path. So I walked down further and came to a hollow that had six waterfalls coming down to the river in 
in six different directions, and it was absolutely, it was like being in a fairy village. It was absolutely magical. So was this, there a path to it? So it was obvious that there was a path to it? No. <laughs> there was a path to it, but it got, Jimmy said, I'm not going down there because it was muddy. It was, you know, it had a lot of gravel on it, and I had already busted my bottom on one gravelly place, but you could walk down. You could see there was a walkway, like a little bridge going over a creek, but you really had to climb down. I I bottom scooted down too, so places don't you know, fall. I've bought those little trek sticks. Yeah. Because rivers, my the Mystic Prince and I, uh, when we take a walk, it can't be on a normal road. It has to be somewhere dangerous and you climb over trees. And, Absolutely. You know, I'm <laughs> about to experience my diamond birthday. And so I'm not into climbing over trees on the path. So he got me these trekking, th- and they've changed my life. They're just oh, yeah, great. They're great. I, know, I need to get one of those when I hike with my daughter, Britton, because I, I have like a staff that I use, but I really need those two poles. Yeah, they're great. So I'm yeah, a little wobbly. And during COVID, when we would hike, she wouldn't touch me. I would say, Britton, help me across this stream. And she'd go, I'm not touching you. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you are my mother. That's right. <laughs> well, one of the other places that we did stop, and it was the place that we stayed, we stayed at Meriwether Lewis Campground. And if you remember Lewis and Clark, Meriwether Lewis was the lead man. on, And it was where he was, he died. Really? Under very mysterious circumstances. And was there a ghost there? I'm sure we did not experience him. He either killed himself or the people that were with him. He was on his way to Washington because after Jackson came out of power, the next administration would have been Monroe, refused to pay his vouchers for the trip. And he went bankrupt. And so he was trying to bring the documents to Washington to prove that, you know, he had all this information and he stopped a little in. They call them stands, the trace. And so the CIA killed him. Well, who knows? <laughs> they, you know, there were two there shots that rang CIA. out. <laughs> two shots rang out, and the two men that were with him, one had his clothes on, the other had his pocket watch. Mm. So, so it was robbery. Robbery. Ooh. Well, they were his guys. He came with. They came with him. His mama is convinced that one of them killed him, but then he was very distraught along the way, and a lot of people said that he was. So it may have been suicide. But it's a big mystery. Well, uh-huh. we'll yeah, see. yeah. So Monroe followed Jefferson, right? Because Jefferson so. was president. During hey, good yeah. for you. Now, what about Glasgow? Oh uh, well, it's not on the sea, but it has access to the sea. Okay, yeah. it doesn't have good beaches. I learned that they're all rocky, <laughs> Can't have a beach. but they're they're ways away. But yes. It is, I guess, technically on the sea. Yeah, it's a shipping, big shipping city. Yeah, yeah I did a whole I tour of Glasgow, but, you know, you just don't see the ocean. I mean, we walked all over that city. It was quite rainy. I mean, I like Edinburgh and Glasgow and Scotland. They're very different cities, but it was fun. I mean, yeah. Edinburgh is fancier. Are we to Mystic. the bite? We're in the sea. Do you have a sea? I don't have a sea right now. Me I either, think we'll go I'm, to the I'm going to. I'm going to have a sea to a different country, but I'm not telling until <gasps> I get back. Gail. Oh. Surprise, surprise. I know I've where she's going. I've been to this country lots. So, ah, so I think I have a clue. It's not Germany. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but they do Sprechensi French. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Sprechensi French. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, Frankreich. the only French I know is, pardon si vous play, I'm stupid. Can you show me which way to the <laughs> Pierre Lachey? <laughs> If you tell them you're stupid, they help you. I said, "Où est la toilette?" You need to know that I one. Think we're de- I think we're to the mystic bites. <laughs> Gail, well, your bites. Well, my, my mystic bite is: I am a huge Trader Joe's fan, and in my new life, where I'm trying to simplify my life and not do so much cooking and not so much entertaining, and and hand off some of the mystic duties, I include in this buying my food instead of cooking it. Trader Jones's Droz is a top favorite. Let me say this. We need a sponsor. And if you're in with Trader Joe's, would you please point them our way? Because we beg for a sponsor from our pens because we the all tool. use them. Tool yes. pens. Margie uses up probably 10 a week. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but they have not responded. Are they an American company? I don't know. I need to look them up. 
Yeah. Uh, we do, because I, I not only use tool pens, I use their tool notebook series for all of my stuff. Yeah. Come on, tool. Yeah, we need a sponsor. I'll do a little tool I'm research. Thinking Trader Joe's might just jump in there. With this last trip I took, I bought... <laughs> $70 worth of cookies. Cookies? <laughs> cookies. <laughs> and Bob Langley's favorite is one that's shaped like a maple leaf, and then it has a maple filling. Like It looks like an Oreo shaped like a leaf with maple filling. I remember those. They're so it's, good. Oh, yeah. And I know why Bob likes them, because they're a northern cookie. Yeah, he's to, a yes. Yankee. Yeah. yeah. I, that Nobody else would marry me. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to settle on a Yankee from Staten Island. <laughs> really? And that's triple Yankee, I think. Anyway, and I bought the ginger thins and the ginger not so thins. And my neighbor loves them. And so just, to, and they're so cheap and just a thriller. I left that's some really her, good. That's I left really some good. on her back, not some, I left a whole container of them on her back door, which was good because she was bringing her little puppy home from the hospital and it was not good news. So, so she ha- can comfort herself with Trader Joe's. We also buy their frozen Chinese. Probably oh. everything they make is great. Yeah, it's good. We get that. So on a night where we can only think about throwing something in the wok, we, <laughs> we have something that's better than takeout. And their cheeses are marvelous. This last one, I got a vanilla brie or a vanilla goat cheese covered in blueberries. Ooh. Yes. Ooh is right. Ooh la la. la. <laughs> so good. So Trader Joe's, we're willing to uh, come to you. Oh, and that's another thing. There are two Trader Joe's in Alabama, one in Birmingham and one in Huntsville. I don't think we'll ever have one in Auburn because they need the big commerce city. Well, we, I thought we were going to get one, and then it was another Target is what they put there, or was it one of the others? Anyway, Nothing. You mean where they put in the... Oh, um, maybe it was where they put the Publix, but they, the word on the street was that it was going to be a Trader Joe's, and there I was at least very two, excited. Two, two in Atlanta, which is closer than Birmingham. But they're not in Alabama. Yeah, but... Georgia's closer than Alabama. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're in a, I don't think she was saying where this she was. Alaska girl Trader talking Joe's to you. My geography. You live in Alabama, Mark. I do. You're pretty I do. close. But I'm from Georgia, okay? <laughs> Wait a minute. Let her get on her phone and look that up. <laughs> yeah. If you live in Alabama, how close are you to Alabama? That is the question of the yeah. day. So, uh, Trader Joe's, think of us. My mystic bites were, well, first of all, our wonderful granddaughter Maggie came over and cooked us chicken bruschetta which was really it was chicken breast and then you top them like you would bruschetta you know with chopped up uh, tomatoes and garlic and you know and those were and then top them with um, parmesan cheese or mozzarella we did flaked parmesan on top but then another mystic bite that was when I was staying with Stacy after the trunk show Stacy and I went out to dinner in Athens Georgia tons of good restaurants in Athens. This one is called Sea Bear and specializes in sea, all kinds of seafood. But we got we started with a dozen oysters, six of each kind from, you know, from Maryland up the coast, really good raw oysters. Yeah. And then we each had mussels with their I wonderful homemade bread to dip in this mussel juice. I'm hungry. It was so, so good. Wine to accompany, and then we drove our way back to Watkinsville <laughs> to stay with the evil cat. Uh, <laughs> but I shut my door. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's that cat was upset because you didn't bring her a kitty bag. Yeah, well, <laughs> that would be left up to Stacy. <laughs> Okay, any bite, Joanne? Well, the the bite that I was talking about before was my sister-in-law Carrie's carrot cake. And not just your normal carrot cake. Obviously, it starts off with carrots, but it had pineapple and mm, coconut. Sounds and like a hummingbird cake. Well, it with carrots, though, I've never had a hummingbird cake with carrots. And then some sort of buttermilk glaze in between, and then orange cream cheese cheese frosting oh my gosh you could eat it with a spoon orange cream cheese frosting oh my it was great idea oh my and i'll have to you know i i do have half of the ingredients i forgot to get the cream cheese but half of the ingredients to make one so maybe i'll make one at the next mystic meeting well i'll uh, you know, I've already said I'll bring dessert, but I am happy to bring something else. <laughs> that sounds happy, happy to bring something else. I won't show up at the donuts this time. <laughs> Although they were yummy. <laughs> I think it's time for our topic of the day, which is my favorite. 
or infamous or whatever relative, who would like to start? Well, I will. Okay. Sure. Well, my favorite relative has gone to the Great Divide, so I and the ones left are all favorites because I don't have many left and I need them all. <laughs> and actually, I do have a very interesting family, but I couldn't resist seeing about everybody else's family. So, of course, I went to the uh, World Wide Web and looked up awful family members and strange family members. <laughs> and most of it I couldn't repeat in a podcast, but three of them amused me. So I'm going to share those three with you. The first one <clears throat> from the World Wide Web says, I have an aunt and uncle married, not siblings, who dress alike, as they literally wear the very same exact outfit to everywhere. It's usually traditional men's clothing like a Hawaiian print shirt and khaki pants. It's not just coordinating colors, but it's the exact same item that was bought in their respective sizes. <laughs> There's been an exception of one formal function where she wore a dress and he wore a suit. <clears throat> but all other places, it's a matching outfit. My uncle is really a nice guy and seems pretty normal, aside from the matching thing. I don't really get it, and it definitely gets some odd looks. But the ironic part is that they have a set of twin girls who are in high school and totally refuse to dress alike since they were old <laughs> enough to pick out their own clothes. I think that's perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> so here was the next one. And this is the World Wide Web again. I'm not going to tell you guys the sites. You go look for it. <laughs> I think it might be what they call, what is it, the dark, the dark, the web. Web. dark Ooh, web? I hope not. Watch it, Gail. <laughs> My dad has had three wives plus a baby with my mom between wife two and three. Oh, my. Wife three is crazy as a goddamn loon. She has, <laughs> in their 27 years of marriage, claimed to be from seven different countries and just pretends like she never said anything about the other countries, <laughs> if you bring it up. We also aren't entirely sure how many children she's had in previous marriages. The other side of the family consists of distant cousins who like to dabble in opiates and methamphetamines. They ins insist on hosting Thanksgiving dinner where they discuss ways to dodge child support payments, <laughs> collect undeserved disabilities, and fake workman's comp cases. Just your average how to commit a fraud class over turkey addressing. <laughs> I only go because my aunt makes these noodles that are straight from God's hands. She will only make them for Thanksgiving and will only let you have some if you put up with the crazies <laughs> in the family. Yet the noodles are really that good. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one I found that amused me was, just the wording amused me. And the first thing he said is, I'm going anonymous for this one. So he didn't put his name on it for reasons that will become obvious as you read it. <laughs> We suspect my great-grandmother is a serial killer. <laughs> my great-grandmother lived to be 110, and she'd been married five times. Her first husband died of drowning in a nearby bog within two years of their marriage. He accidentally got caught under a canoe, which if you've ever seen a canoe, it's hard to get caught under a canoe. <laughs> but she got a huge life insurance payment. The second marriage was a car accident. Supposedly, the brakes went out, but no one could find any evidence of that at all. They'd been married for 10 years, and again, she got a sizable life insurance payout. The third husband, well, drowning again, different bogs, same story. <laughs> Another nice payment. Fourth husband died of food poisoning, which was odd because none of the rest of the people eating the same dinner got sick. Another life insurance payout. And the fifth husband, may, fifth husband may have actually died of natural causes. They were married 40 years, and he died of pneumonia. We also know my grandmother is a diagnosed psychopath, <laughs> <laughs> as was my aunt, her daughter. There was an oh, incident when I was 18 that led to this diagnosis. We don't talk about this incident. My aunts made a pact never to have children and end the family line. Fortunately for me, Grandma is technically my dad's stepmom, so there's no genetic relation. So it's very possible that it ran in the family even further back. <laughs> Ooh, quite a family history. <laughs> yes, I'm glad oh they're not mine. Yes. I was going to say, now, 
I don't know that I want to follow that because I'm talking about real family members. Yeah, me too. Shoot. <laughs> well, Joanne, I mean, you're, you've got so many family members that the genes probably thinned out and everybody's a good Catholic. Well, everybody is is good. I'll put it that way in my family. But I'm going back a, another generation. My mother had three brothers and two sisters. There were three girls, three boys. And we have a trait that has come down even to my family where the men do not marry young or don't marry at all. And I have brothers who have never married. I have the ones that, like my brother Peter, married when he was 50 for the first time. David married when he was almost 40 for the first time. And my even my son, Jeremy, married for the first time at 39, just shy of 40. So it seems to be a trait. Well, I had one uncle who was very dear to all of us because he put up with all the kids. He was a postman. His name was Ray. And when we would insist that he needed to get married, he would often tell us that he was going to get married when the Pope did. So we all waited for the Pope to get married. <laughs> Uncle Ray. Some of them have done that in the past. In the past, but he wasn't allowing to his little, his little nephews and nieces. But the wonderful thing about Uncle Ray was that he was a postman, so he had, he lived at home with his mom, so he always had money, and one of the things he loved, indulged in was cars, and he had the first Cadillac that I ever rode in, and it had the electric windows. Of course, he cautioned us that if we played with the windows, they would cut our fingers off, so we were always <laughs> careful. <laughs> but he would relieve my mother of about six of us at a time and take us off into the woods someplace. And he always had a cooler in, well, he always had golf clubs in his trunk. And then he always had a cooler with beer, soda, and then bubble gum, and not in the cooler necessarily, but bubble gum and comic books, both of which we were forbidden to have because one would rot your teeth, the other would rot your mind. <laughs> <laughs> And which so, one? Which <laughs> one was which? <laughs> so we would go off, and he would bring out the comic books, give us all bubble gum and sugar, you know, and sodas, which we did not ever have. We had them as a treat, maybe in the summertime. And we would just read comic books and chew bubble gum and occasionally have a sip of beer, even <laughs> that he did smoke. And so he is the reason that I did not. Only because he allowed us to smoke, <laughs> and I got so darn sick that I thought, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> now, how was this guy kin to you? Well, he is my maternal uncle. The one thing Surely that he, your mother knew him well enough to not allow him take, to take six out of the 13 kids. Well, she you had know what, spare. <laughs> trust me, when there were nine of us and he agreed to take six, she said, go, take them. And yeah. we always came Just back. don't let them smoke. <laughs> And we always came back. I mean, like I said, it was it was a learning lesson because I've never smoked. Did your mother smell bubblegum on your breath? Well, she probably did. But my mother, it was the day when everybody smoked. And my mother smoked, my, my father smoked. So it was a good way to dissuade us from doing so. But the one thing that Uncle Ray did know, he knew of my love of writing. And ah. so he always bought me diaries and journals and oh, encouraged nice. my writing, even when I was six and seven. He called me princess, and mm -hmm. I mean, every every young girl needs to have someone who calls them princess. So he was obviously our favorite uncle ever. Like I said, never married. So we were his children. That's sweet. Yeah. It's a good thing he never had children, really. <laughs> well, he probably would have been stricter with his own. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the loving, this is, you know, Jake, and Jake is that uncle with um, his nephew and niece, you know, it's like... There's Uncle Jake. Let's go play and be wild. <laughs> That's nice. Well, I'm, I'm talking about a real relative, too. And this is my cousin, George Gallion, who was my mother's, old, my mother's sister's oldest son. My, half of my family, my mother's family, lived in Ashland, Kentucky. My dad's family lived in Atlanta, where we lived. George came down every summer. My Aunt Dee, who was my mother's sister, had nine children. And so they got rid of George every summer. He would come down and work construction with my dad. And he was like, kind of like my big brother because yeah. I was the oldest. And so when it came time for him to go to college, he w got into Georgia Tech and majored in industrial design. 
quite a, you know, quite a brilliant person, but he lived with us, so he wouldn't have to pay rent at Georgia Tech. And he'd live with us three months, then work for three months, then come back. So while he was majoring in industrial design, he would do, and he was really in automotive design, he had an MG uh, Roadster, which, like Ooh. your uncle, would not let us ride in. If you had to take your shoes off. He wouldn't let my sister <laughs> ride in it at all. Um, and he just, you know, you had to take off your shoes. You couldn't chew gum, drink, anything <laughs> in order Very to... Very different from the this uh, family that Joanne's talking <laughs> right. about. That's right. We well, were George's, my Aunt Dee's kids were pretty straight. Now, my uncle's kids were... They weren't... The kids were fine, but the uncles were wild. You know, they... <laughs> uncle Zip was kind of in and out of prison for bootlegging. <laughs> what is kind of? Well, they let him go. He had to go back in the prison at night, but they let him go during the day. So he could go bootleg? So he could go supposedly had to work. earn some money. Yeah, Uncle Zip would actually, we go to his house to play poker and drink beer. Uh-huh. It's the first time I ever drank beer, and that made me throw up. That was horrible. <laughs> but they said, my cousin said, if you eat a lot of pretzels, it tastes better. <laughs> anyway, but George Gallion was a different sort. He was really... Life lessons. Yeah, he was straight. So um, he he introduced me to um, not only cars, but Mad Magazine. And he had a place where he hung out at Georgia Tech called the Poverty House, Ooh. where they were beatniks. And anyway, when he graduated from Georgia Tech... I mean, he taught me, he was always drawing, and he really helped me with my drawing. And I think I've told the story that one time I had him do a drawing of a car that I was going to take to my little watercolor class I was taking with Mrs. Shea. And so I took this car drawing, and she said, well, you didn't do that. And I said, yeah, I did. I mean, I've been drawing like apples and lemons. You know, I was not capable of drawing that. And so she said, well, let me see you draw it again. And I went like, Uh okay, okay, I lied. (laughs) So these uncles, both of your uncles, Joanne's and Marky's, these are not very good influences. No, but that, they do teach us. I was going to say, Margie helped Margie with her drawing and me with my writing. They and were drinking. wonderful and well. No, now George and our drinking did not. I mean, he was he became really a gourmet, but he he got a job right out of college with GM General Motors, and he designed the '66 Riviera body styling. And my uncle Ray may have had that. He may have. He dated a couple of people in college, but when he got to Detroit, he was kind of, this is my favorite story about George, he was, well, he was kind of lonely, but he went, he would go to the art museum, the Detroit Art Museum's fabulous, and he saw this woman there who looked just like Jackie Kennedy, and she was being hassled by this guy who was like saying, oh, come on, honey, come on, you, you, come on, don't be like that. Be, and so my cousin went up to her and said, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. Come on, we're late. And just whisk her off. And she looked at him, and she was German. She was working for the German consulate in Detroit. And she said, and who in the hell are you? <laughs> and he said, I'm your savior. <laughs> Why don't we go get... Anyway, they ended up getting married, and then oh. my cousin ended up getting a job with Opal in Germany. So they moved to Germany. Are Opal's still out there? My first I car was an Opal. Was it a crummy car? No. No, they were great. <laughs> and I have to say that my cousin designed the Opal Manta after the Manta Ray. Ooh. Remember the one that looked like? Anyway, so he's, he still lives in Germany. He's, he, he and Heidi had two children. And they're grown now. And when my now husband and I were dating, we went to Germany and we called my cousin and said, George, we're going to come stay with you. And so he said, well, that's fine. And his wife is charming. They lived in Wiesbaden outside of Frankfurt. And they, uh, okay. we, went to, uh, we were there at Christmas. So we went to the Glühwein festivals and all of that. We kept staying with them. My cousin had an incredible collection of wine, which my boyfriend then Wayne and I proceeded to drink a lot of them we said well we'll just pay them back we realized he went to Italy to get that wine (laughs) you know it was like okay (laughs) so after we'd been there for a few days my, my his wife Heidi said 
I think you guys need to see more of Germany. <laughs> like you need to go, go away. <laughs> so we did. We traveled. We went, you know, to Nuremberg, and then we went down to, you know. But anyway, but that was, and I'm still, you know, it, kind of in touch with George. You know, I hope you sent him some very nice bottles of wine. Well, I think he probably never forgot that because we were so <laughs> horrid to do that. I mean, we were so stupid. Oh, and we also every day we would go out and get beer. And and Heidi said, I hope you two realize this is non-alcoholic beer you've been drinking. <laughs> we didn't know what non-alcoholic said on the label. It just looked kind of pretty. I bought a six-pack of non-alcoholic Heineken. I just uh-huh. thought it was Heineken. And uh, I was having a party, and I like to put in our beer cooler all these fancy beers, all uh-huh. kind of beers, and just tell everybody to go down there and drink what you want to drink. So... I brought it home, and Bob says, you can see where it clearly says this is non-alcoholic. <laughs> so I took it back the next day to the service at, <laughs> oh, uh, no. at, at Kroger, and she says, oh, I'm sorry, we do not refund money on alcoholic <laughs> beverages. And I said, well, I'm here in luck here. <laughs> see what it says right here? Non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic. And then she goes, and this is so typical of ignorant clerks, <laughs> she goes, well, it might have a little bit of alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the label says it doesn't give me my money. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was your lucky day. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we all have many, many relatives that are, are quite interesting. Maybe not our favorites, but I have so many that probably I don't need to talk about. Yeah. And exactly. Or we could do a whole other uh, podcast on our relatives, and the other three mystics might have some relatives. <laughs> yeah, and we could also <clears throat> uh, present as, like your person, Gail, the anonymous person. <laughs> <laughs> I read this on the internet about this person. <laughs> well, I think we're to the mystic moments. I do, too. Who's mystic momenting I first? I can tell you this is a, a weird mystic moment. I have a pair of sunglasses. I lose sunglasses continually, so I oh, am the so queen, the so queen of cheap sunglasses, and I have found some <laughs> relatively cheap sunglasses that are very, very nice. I left the last pair in Austria, but they were my second pair. The last time we were there, I left my sunglasses there. So Jimmy and I, as I said, I love to walk, and not as much as Margie. We were walking and came back from our little walkabout in the park, and Jimmy said, oh, look, and reached down and picked up my pair of sunglasses, which have been looking and waiting for me for literally two years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Out in the woods. <laughs> and so I took them in. I washed them up, and I'm wearing them. Well, not today. It's a little rainy out today, but I've got them in the car today. So oh my gosh. mystic right. moment. My sunglasses came home. It'll, and that's the thing about cheap sunglasses. If you sunglasses, set them free. They, if you set them free, they'll always return. No one else wanted them, that's obviously. Right. <laughs> that's Somebody the probably walked by them and said, those are too cheap to bend over for. Exactly. <laughs> but they are good. I want to tell you, they're good sunglasses. Well, I'll get one. Okay. And, and this happened at the um, the trunk show. Gwen, our, my host hostess, had gone to the grocery store to stock up on supplies for the opening. And my friend Callahan was there, and she said, "I need some more coffee. Do you want some coffee?" And I said, "Yeah, bring me back and bring me back something to eat because I'd had yogurt at Stacy's, but I knew I wasn't going to get to eat the rest of the day." So she came back with these luscious kind of pastries filled with walnuts and I said oh these are so good but what I can't remember what they're called they're they're not crumpets and Callahan says I can't remember what they're called either but they're they're like British or Irish you know that's what they eat but what is the word for them and then Gwen came back and said oh y'all are eating those things I think they're so dry and what Callahan said well what are they called and she said well, I don't remember. <laughs> so finally, somebody went to the World Wide Web, Google, and found out they are scones. <laughs> oh, I love scones. scones. None I of us could scones. remember the word scone. scone. I love scones. I, 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 I said, that is so great that none of you can remember. I don't, you know, I don't feel so bad. And then Gwen went to Callahan, and they've been friends since childhood. She said, well, Callahan, you didn't bring me one. And Callahan went like, you think they're too dry. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a pound of butter in each one. Yeah, that was, they were so good. They were really good. They yummy, were yummy. Good. 
Well, my mystic moment is the, the boy wonder, the mystic prince, has come home, and um, I think it's he. He always claims it's to take care of his elderly parents, but he seems to book like. 50 shows all around the south and we just see him fly by in the car occasionally the first and i i know if you've known rivers you know this that he's a wrecking ball in the first 24 hours he was here he broke the foot off of an antique hat rack down in the guest bedroom and he when i went down there to see it he wants to show it to me and he goes see and he lifts it up and sticks it in (laughs) And the overhead fan that went a whack a whack a whack. Hey, we were so shocked that he dropped it on top of an old antique porcelain. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and there's a, the guest bedroom has a slate floor, which it fell on into one million pieces. And he had not been here yet 24 hours when this happened. <laughs> And sounds like a Monty Python. Our, don't break I, the antiques. I, I remember some of the vocabulary I used with him as a teenager, <laughs> which I it all comes rushing back to me now, yes. right. <laughs> which I will not repeat here for the gentle ears. But I have to admit that even though I was pissed to the max, it was hilarious. That's my mystic moment for the week, and I hope I don't have another one. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope so. Well, I have to say we really miss our other three mystics that we aren't do. here, but they will make up for it. That's you right. Better we'll, believe it. <laughs> we'll make them. We'll make them do the next one. So you guys remember, as we're parting, be the flame, not, not the, the mob. mob.